Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a huge, huge topic that I feel like goes unaddressed very frequently in the spirituality community. So in this week's episode, as we have the lead up to Easter, I thought that it was very fitting for us to discuss forgiveness and how you can actually utilize it as a superpower. So in this week's episode, our topic is Easter and forgiveness. Are you ready? Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome back to another episode of Catch Up with Clayton. As always, I am your host, Clayton. And in this week's episode, we are going to talk about the power of forgiveness. Now, we are also going to get into some of the nuances of the resurrection story that, well, I'm just going to save that for later in the podcast. But let's start off with forgiveness, right? We have Jesus Christ calling out to his father to forgive the people who did him wrong and not only did him wrong, but publicly humiliated him. They whipped him. They made him wear a crown of thorns, some pretty horrific shit. If you don't, if I say so myself, and I think it's also interesting that we should probably talk a little bit about the pretext here of Jesus, because I don't think I've ever really talked too much about Jesus on this channel before. And I know that there has a tendency of people to say whether or not they actually believe, you know, in the miracles and all this different stuff. And, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I was probably a little bit hesitant on all of it until recently after reading. And I talked about this a little bit in the Kriya yoga episode, the book autobiography of a yogi. There's a lot of propelling and complexing topics that are discussed, which lead me to believe the Bible, the things discussed about Jesus, at least were very factual. And it's going to get into this podcast today that I think all these things are actually factual, are actually factual. Well, (laughs) that's an interesting phrase. I wonder where I picked that up. Anyhow, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'll discuss that the resurrection at some point, but let's, let's stay on topic at first and talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness. It kind of has a ring to it and reminds me a little bit of jealousy. I remember people or someone saying along the lines that jealousy is a poison that people drink, expecting it to hurt the other person. And I feel like resentment falls into that same category. Anger even falls into that same category where you're poisoning yourself. The energy is only affecting you, right? You, if you are not forgiving someone, if you're holding on to bitterness or even resentment, maybe towards another person because of something they did, maybe they've wronged you in the past, you holding that resentment, that, that harboring that negative energy 
is only hurting yourself. It's only dulling your signal. It's only dulling your energetic frequency, your energetic vibration. So as a practical thing that I'd love to encourage everyone to do and might even encourage my own family to do it this weekend is pay attention to where you haven't forgiven people in your life. Because I'm sure if you haven't forgiven them, you know, they're probably not in your life at this point. And even if you are, they are in your life, then you're likely going to be taking that negative energy into the relationships you have with them. So what I suppose I am proposing is for you to look at where you are still holding on to energy that you know there is somebody who needs to be forgiven. I know you may have been wronged in a situation. I completely get that. And with all due things like, yeah, it's fucked up. There are fucked up situations where people betray trust. I mean, think of like, even if it's a loved one or even if it's a business situation or even if, you know, it's the worst thing in the world, you know, you were, I don't even want to go there because there are some pretty dark shit. I could say something and some will have something darker. But by you holding on to that resentment, and I'm not saying this is easy, please don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying that it is necessary. It's necessary for you if you wish to transcend, if you wish to become elevated, if you wish to become enlightened. There is no such thing as an enlightened master who has harbored resentment, who has not forgiven. I mean, Jesus Christ even said it as he was dying. So I guarantee you, you're in a situation, maybe it might feel like you're dying, but you're not actually dying. And this is a perfect opportunity for you to listen, utilize the energy of Easter, especially, especially as we approach Friday. If you're listening to this on Thursday, this is a great time to harness that energy of forgiveness towards other people. Now, let's get into the supernatural stuff. (laughs) Casual transition there. The supernatural kind of phenomenon. So if for whatever reason you don't know, I'll give you a high-level description. On Friday, that is coming up. um, I believe it's called Good Friday. See, here's the thing, guys. I haven't really been uh, the best, uh, (laughs) the most... what's, what's, uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? The most... Christian or scholarly uh, Christian that I could have been growing up. I was uh, in Presbyterian, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess the best. And it's been a while since I've looked and studied uh, the Bible or Jesus. But on Friday is essentially the day that Jesus passed, that he was pronounced dead on the cross. And it was three days later on Easter or on this Sunday, also called Resurrection Sunday, when he rose from the dead. He showed his his disciples, the holes in his hands. And they were like, holy shit, you actually did die. This is actually you. And this is probably one of the biggest phenomena that people point to and they call BS on Jesus's story. And I've never really taken a position on whether or not it happened. I believe symbolically the symbolism in all of Jesus's stories and even the Old Testament, the New Testament, is powerful knowledge that if we can even extrapolate out from a psychological perspective, it holds a ton of value facts. I think that's just pure facts. Look up Dr. Jordan Peterson. If you want to go deeper down that rabbit hole, because he does a phenomenal job of breaking down the Bible in those regards where I'm at 
is I'm now at a place where I truly believe that everything described in regards to Jesus that is in the Bible factually happened, like literally, literally factually happened. And why do I say this? Especially being the computer engineer, the logical minded type person that I've always been. Why would I even say this? Why would I say it with such certainty? The Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. If you read that book, this is a book written in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Well, I guess it would have probably been finished writing in like 1950 with the passing of Paramahansa. Well, the passing. The, what's the words I'm looking for here? The Maha Samadhi, which is like the conscious leaving of the body that Paramahansa did. I'm going down the wrong rabbit hole here. The point that I wanted to say though is, is that he even talks about in that book situations where people become of what is called God realization, where you like intrinsically know that you are God, like in the spirituality community all the time, we kind of just talk about like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I know I'm God. Like, Oh, you're a divine incarnation of God. Like, Oh yeah. You're a soul. That's a piece of God. You know, you have that energy of God, but there's a level of us that is not in full knowing of it. Like if you fully know something, that's where the confidence shines through. That's whenever people are like, oh shit, I didn't know that because you are so confident in knowing something that it becomes a truth to other people. I've seen instances of this where people act as if they know something and they don't really, but the amount of confidence that they put with it, you believe it for however long period of time. And the point that I'm trying to get at here is that in that book, he talks about a, there's two things he talks about. Number one, he talks about how enlightened masters, enlightened gurus, such as Jesus Christ reach what is also known as Christ consciousness to become one with God because they just know, right? There's like this deep knowing within every fiber of their bodily being that they are one with God, the the omnipresence of God is within them. And they become so aligned with that being that they're able to perform the most insane miracles possible in Hindu. It's called a uh, cities cities. I believe cities. I might be pronouncing it rest. I believe it's like S I D D I H. And it's, it's literally like these, what modern people would perform or believe to be miracles, everything from like levitating to manifesting things out of thin air or manifesting things into the astral realm and then dropping them back down into physical reality. And one of the things which has been talked about multiple times, and this gets back to our resurrection story. One of the things talked about multiple times is people being able to consciously project their body in two places at the same time, which I think is absolutely hilarious as I say that out loud, because I know whenever I was growing up, my mom or dad had conscious constantly said like, I can't be in two places at the same time. <laughs> and so now <laughs> thinking about that and thinking this through, I think that's absolutely insane how, yeah, you actually can be in two places at the same time and go check out that book. There's also another chapter in there I, I wish I would remember the lady's name, but there was a lady that Paramahansa Yogananda went to visit who was going through what's called a stigmata. 
And there's a movie called Stigmata, which takes it a little bit to the extreme. However, the core element of a stigmata is actually true. And and so if you're not sure what a stigmata is, um, I'm actually going to look up. Give me a second here. I'm actually going to look up the definition because I know what it is, but I don't know how to summarize it in a concise way. Okay. So, so trust me when I say this is actually like, this might freak some people out. So trigger warning. Um, but here's essentially what it is according to Wikipedia. So stigmata in Roman Catholicism are bodily wounds, scars, and pain, which appear in locations corresponding to the crucifixion wounds of Jesus Christ, the hands, wrists, and feet. Stigmata are exclusively associated with Roman Catholicism. Many reported stigmatas are members of Catholic religious orders. A key person who is St. Francis of Assisi, who was first recorded stigmatic, which he lived in Italy. And honestly, if you have a chance to go to Italy, go to the city of Assisi because it's beautiful. Um, And there were a bunch of other people. And they actually discussed the stigmata in the book, uh, sorry, they talked about a lady who was having a stigmata her who weekly she would go into this trance where her hands would bleed, um, her head would bleed because of the crown of thorns, her she would get a, a start bleeding in the side of her. And all of this was kind of like this commemoration of remembering that what happened to Jesus Christ actually happened, like physically happened. Now, I don't know... The logical mind like can't negate this. I mean, I don't I, I don't know how it could. I, I mean, the only thing you could say is just that the autobiography of a yogi isn't an autobiography and he made it up. Which I mean, if if you want to take that stance, by all means, I I, I don't I don't know. There's too many things for me at this point in my development where I can say that it doesn't make sense. And even more so speaking on behalf, not on behalf of, but speaking about Jesus Christ, it's hard to imagine that what he went through, what he did, what he said, what's recorded isn't factual to me because he's probably one of the most documented humans in history. The amount of writings, the amount of people that observed the phenomenon were insane. And I mean, I think it's wild that only 2000 years out and we're kind of in this state of almost disbelief. Like we don't believe that he turned water into wine, that he fed people like, what was it? He, he fed like 300 people with like three fish and a four loaves of bread or something like that. So if you're, if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, Clayton's gone off his rocker. Hey, I'm not here to persuade you either way. I would encourage you to go read Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda because it's insane. And I think there are things in there that the logical mind cannot comprehend. But I think that he goes through a very detailed, oriented way of actually describing it. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know where to go from here. I I put the information out there. It's here for you, for you to decide for yourself. I don't want to be coming across as like uh, someone who's trying to preach this stuff uh, because I know 
that especially whenever you dive into Jesus and Christian and all that Christian and Christianity, people come across as preachy. And by no means am I just want to preach any of this onto people. I merely am just saying like at this point in time, based on the information that I have read, based on the books I have read, based on the information I have found, it seems to me that everything in Jesus's life was factual, at least from what we've read. I want to just bring this back to kind of the resurrection. And there was a piece of information in here I wanted to talk about. Forgiveness, resurrection. Oh yeah, there was also books where this is yeah and that's also where it's interesting is uh if anyone's here from tiktok who came here from tiktok whenever that exploded there's the gospel of thomas which in the very first verse jesus says those who oh those who embody these words will not fear death or will not die something along those lines and i think that's the point because they talk about this in paramahansa's book enlightened gurus, people who realize God, um, communion, who actually become the full embodiment of, it's very, this is a very difficult thing to discuss. Partially because I don't fully know the words to articulate what I am trying to articulate. I guess I really just want to lay this down mostly as a guide. And maybe this is the perfect point for me to, start wrapping this up is just to realize that this is a guide. And if you take nothing else away from this podcast episode, please take away the act of forgiveness and forgive people that need to be forgiven. I mean, I think that it's, it falls in the category of poisons that people drink and expect the other person to get hurt. You're the one carrying around that, that hurt that that poison within you so this is my words of encouragement that hopefully you can find a way please 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 for your sake find a way to forgive someone just one person this weekend and realize how it will transform the outcome of your life quite frankly i'm not saying you have to be best friends with them i'm not saying you don't even have to text them you don't even have to text them here's how i would do it honestly here's how i do it i get into a meditative state and we can actually do this together. You know what? Let's do it together, right? <sighs> I like this because I kind of want to bring in some more meditating into uh, the podcast. So here, we're going to meditate. If you're driving, uh, please click pause and wait to do this at another point in time. And I'm going to assume that at this point, everybody is in a spot to meditate. We'll make this super quick, just a couple minutes. Take a deep breath in through your nose. And out your mouth. This time a little bit deeper. And out. Now I want you to visualize someone that you need to forgive. Bring them up in your mind's eye. Now this may cause a little bit of tightness. You may feel the nervous system activate a little bit. This could be a good time to take a deep breath in and out. Keep holding them in mind. Now see if you can physically get yourself to smile. See if you can put a smile on your face while looking at this person. 
If you can't, if that's bringing you stress, please, again, take a deep breath in and out. It's okay if you cannot smile at this person, but say in your mind, I forgive you. You can fill it in if you have more you need to say, but tell them how you're moving on from this instance. You appreciate them for showing an element of yourself, for opening your eyes to the way the world is. Thank them. Thank them for making you stronger because of this instance. You can use their name. I'll give you a couple moments to say anything else that you would like to say to them. Now, before we wrap up, let's see if you can smile at them again. Take a deep breath in and out. And now when you open your eyes, I want you to see if you can feel a wave of peace come over you. So how'd that feel? That feel good? Please come back to that. I know that was a very quick one, but that's the, <laughs> that was the first time I've actually consider doing a meditation in the middle of one of these, but I think I'm going to, going to do those meditations now a little bit more kind of meditate. That's honestly a really good idea. Good idea, Clayton. Oh, thanks Clayton. Uh, <laughs> but please find a way to forgive somebody. If they come up again, if it comes up in your mind, like someone who did you wrong, somebody who you still hold a negative reaction towards, this is a great indicator of somebody who you want to give thanks for because they showed you one of your triggers. They showed you a piece of you that you weren't aware of. Maybe they wronged you, but thank them. Find a way to thank them and forgive them to find peace within yourself and the world around you because otherwise you're just poisoning yourself. So with that being said, there is one place that I know that you will not be poisoned and we'll see each other there, which is in the sixth dimension. <laughs>